The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. For about eight years and counting, I have lived various distances from my home in Missouri for all sorts of different periods of time. I lived in Chicago for four years of undergrad. I studied abroad for a semester in Cambridge, England. I spent most of my ministerial formation years away from my family, even though we lived in the same city. And now I'm an official resident of Indiana. I received my driver's license just last week, making me officially a Hoosier, living 400 miles away from my family and my childhood house, and for the time being, my dog. After all the time I've spent away from home, I can honestly say that there is one thing I look forward to the most when I finally pull into the driveway. This is going to warm the hearts of parents and make their children roll their eyes. That one thing is getting a hug from my parents. There's just something about my dad wrapping me up in a big old bear hug. Or my mom greeting me by my childhood nickname, which you will never know. <laughs> and giving me a, a kiss on the cheek. That makes me feel fully safe and fully home. 
I'm sure you all have had a similar experience at some point in your life. Maybe if it wasn't with your parents, it was with your grandparents or your siblings, your spouse or your children, your friends, or for many of us, our colleagues. When we are physically touched by the ones who know us personally and love us deeply, something happens. We feel fully welcomed, fully known, fully valued, fully accepted, and fully seen for who we really are. When arms wrap us in a hug or a kiss grazes our cheek or a hand pats us on the back or rests on our shoulder, the intimacy between ourselves and our loved ones is deepened and strengthened. Physical touch does something. So it is with Jesus. But with Jesus... It's so much more. When Jesus touches, physically touches, extraordinary things happen. The blind can see, the mute can speak, the lame can walk, the sick are healed, and the dead raised. Why then are children being brought to Jesus in today's gospel text so that he might touch them. There isn't anything that indicates that they have any sort of physical defect or ailment. Quite the contrary, they all seem rather ordinary. It doesn't seem like they need the extraordinary touch of Jesus. That seems to be one of the reasons that the disciples rebuke the children when they get too close to Jesus. They're low on the totem pole of importance. Other people need his healing touch more than they. That seems to be what they're thinking. So why are the parents and families so adamant about getting their kids physically touched by Jesus? And then why is Jesus so indignant, so annoyed when the kids are kept from him? The answer is rather simple. Jesus' touch not only heals physical ailments, but it also heals spiritual ailments. Jesus' touch gives life. It sustains. And it blesses. The now-sainted Dutch Roman Catholic priest, Father Henry Nguyen, once wrote that Jesus wants to say, more with his hands than with his mouth, you are my beloved. On you my favor rests. Jesus is the shepherd, feeding his flock, gathering his lambs in his arms, and then holding them against his chest. Physical touch. 
touch is the blessing. For the parents and families in the gospel today, there is nothing more important than to have Christ's favor rest on their children. There is nothing more important to them than bringing their kids to the one who brings the eternal home, the kingdom of God, to the children. There is nothing more important to these parents and families than bringing their children to the one who fully sees, fully knows, fully values, fully loves, and fully forgives them. They would rather sacrifice a day's labor, a day's education, a day's travel, a day's commerce, and a day's recreation than to miss having their kids touched with the blessing of God. Oh, if more parents and families in our time would have such fervor. Unfortunately, busyness and convenience, sports, music, theater, work, and sheer laziness has won the day, has kept families from bringing their kids to be touched with the forgiving and blessing touch of Christ. Instead of bringing them here to be touched with this touch of blessing and forgiveness and nurture, they're carting their kids off to be touched by the unfulfilling temporal things of the world. Now, don't get me wrong. In and of themselves, all of those things, the work and the sports and the music and the theater and the, and, and the rest, all of those things are good God-given gifts. But if those God-given gifts inhibit you and your children from returning home, to the place where forgiveness and life are given, if the created thing replaces the creator, those things have become your God. The reality is that no scholarship or social standing or future planning matters when confronted with the touch of Jesus. The blessing of God. If your children aren't brought to Jesus now, statistically, they will never come to Jesus. If they aren't shown what is life-giving now, they will pine after that which is life-giving killing. And the church wonders why there aren't young people in churches today. It's because they were never shown. They were never consistently brought to the place that is the life spring. Now, it's easy for us who don't have children or who are empty nesters 
to look at these parents and families with a judgmental eye. Haven't seen them in a few weeks. Wonder where they've been. But the reality is, dear friends, we are all called to be role models for these families. We are all called to be spiritual fathers and mothers. Yet too often, the example we set is one that should not be followed. I've heard it said many times, do as I say, not as I do. Children learn by what they see you doing. And if they see you continually setting barriers that hinder you from being blessed by the touch of Jesus, then they will start to create barriers. When they see you intentionally putting yourself far from the place of forgiveness, they will also put themselves far away from the place of Jesus' forgiveness. The world has done it, friends. We can see it as soon as we leave this place today. Barriers are put up and people have left home. But they need the beauty of Jesus. And the beauty of Jesus is that he is a jealous God. He's a savior who is indignant. He's annoyed when his little children are kept from him. He's a shepherd who will chase us down in order to bring himself and his forgiveness to us. He's the one who always welcomes us home with a bear hug and a kiss on the cheek and a touch of blessing. You see, Jesus reveals to us today that not only are we called to be spiritual fathers and mothers to grow in our faith, but we're also called to be the little children of God. And being the little children of God means that we are wholly dependent on his gifts and mercy. You see, Jesus beckons us calls us home. He asks us to remove the barriers that hinder us from being taken up in his arms and blessed. He sends his own Holy Spirit to open our hands and our hearts to his forgiveness. He physically touches us with his word in the ear, with his baptism on our foreheads, and with his most precious body and blood on our tongues so that we might be forgiven and blessed. That which was done on the cross is actually put to you physically. It's the best thing in the world. It's the beauty of Jesus. And it's the thing that he wants to give to his little children, to every single one of you. My friends, after being kept away for so long, both physically and spiritually, Jesus invites us home. His loving, tender voice is calling us to be touched and blessed by him. The one who fully knows us, fully sees us, 
and fully loves us. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to these little ones belongs the kingdom of God. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.